Welcome to the Earning the Push podcast. I'm Jack Murley, and each and every week, myself and co-host, professional rugby player Charlie Beckett, talk about everything going on in the world of professional wrestling in a show by wrestling fans for wrestling fans. Coming up today, while it's WrestleMania season, and we have you covered, from breaking down this weekend's cards to what could and should overachieve, what we do and don't want to see, everything from the Hall of Fame to what should close out each night. We'll also find time to talk about Triple H's retirement, AEW Dynamite, and so much more. So let's get into it right now on Earning the Push. I'm actually excited now, mate. Like, I actually, my um, my excitement levels have been building so, but I love Mania Week. I absolutely love it. Just, there's such a buzz about the wrestling world, online, the internet wrestling community, everything. You, you see the um, the pictures quite out of Dallas, whatever city Mania's in, it completely takes over. And yeah, I, I'm excited now. I'm really, really looking forward to it. We're going to go through the card. We're going to sprinkle your thoughts through this as well. And we are going to, you know, pick it apart a little. That's what we do as wrestling fans. But I guarantee you, whatever we say here, the moment they play that final package that goes, and now Snickers Cruncher presents WrestleMania. And then all the What the hell is a Snickers Cruncher? I don't know. It's a chocolate bar or so. Okay, right. Bob's Fish Shop presents. There you go. Whatever it is, up goes the pyro. Michael Cole uses all the adjectives he knows. You're going to get that buzz because it's not this WrestleMania. It's every WrestleMania you've loved before that starts going through your head. I mean, you can't not be hyped for it. Yeah, it is, isn't it? It's the... um... As soon as that music comes and the rest and now comes, you think to the uh, you think back to the Razor Ramon uh, Shawn Michaels ladder match. You think to Austin versus Brett. You think to Taker Michaels. You think to End of an Era. You think to WrestleMania 30 with Daniel Bryan. Then you think about all these brilliant, brilliant moments that have gone before, and you just sit there thinking, "Are we going to get another one tonight?" Because it's always actually not the match you expect. It's not the one you expect that gives you the moment that you talk about forever. And Daniel Bryan is the best example of that for years he's stolen WrestleMania and he was absolutely not meant to so you get all those that buzz you get all that excitement from the years before and just that wonder of is this going to be another year we're talking about in 10-15 years are we going to talk about WrestleMania 38 like we do 30 is that is that what's going to happen here and not only did Daniel Bryan steal the show at every WrestleMania he was at, he did it on the night, sorry, Charlie, the streak ended as well. You know, he did it in the worst possible experiences and worst possible moments. Um, So let's go through the card. Night one we'll start off with Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair for the Raw Women's Championship. The Mysterios against The Miz and Logan Paul. Drew McIntyre versus Happy Corbin. The Usos versus Nakamura and Boogs for the SmackDown Tag Championship. The New Day versus Sheamus and Ridge Holland. Seth Rollins versus TBA. I wonder who that could be. Mm. And Charlotte Flair versus Ronda Rousey uh, for the SmackDown Women's Championship. The most intriguing match on that card probably has to be Seth Rollins versus whoever Vince McMahon picks. It has to be Cody, although the scuttlebutt doing the rounds on the internet wrestling community at the moment is that Shane McMahon is going to be in Dallas, and that has got everyone a little worried. They wouldn't, would they? You hope not. If it's the problem is they've done they've done the classic thing of if it's not Cody, anyone's going to be a disappointment at this point. They could bring Hangman Adam Page out with the AEW World Title, and everyone will go, oh, it's not, it's not Cody, is it? So it's got to be Cody. And I think if they didn't know they had him nailed down, we wouldn't have got that hilariously bad but brilliant vignette 
uh, Titan Towers with Vincent Mann and Seth being very weird. It was uh, strange, yeah. wasn't it? It was. It was, but I kind of loved it. I watched it three times. I, I kept going back to it. I was like, Seth, like, surfing on the table. It was all, it was very odd. So, yeah, I, I think that that's the most intriguing match there. I think the best match on that card will be uh, Bianca versus Becky. I think it's very strange they've put both the women's title match on the same night. Mm. That seems an odd choice to me. Um, I think you're just asking for comparison. And if the first one's brilliant, the second one won't get the hype from the crowd because it won't live up to it. So that that's an interesting one. But I think that's a, that's a good night of wrestling, isn't it? There's going to be... I think they're saving their bigger matches for the Sunday. I think we can say that. But I think the Seth, TBA, Cody will steal the show on that night. Do they even tinker or tease with it? Because... I've heard a few people, in fact, people who've been in touch with us, because as we say, we'll sprinkle your WrestleMania thoughts throughout the pod today. People like Ryan saying, do, do you actually, do you, do you tease it? Do you have Shane come out and Cody maybe lay Shane out on the ramp? Do you do something where Shane appears and Vince says, no, you're not my pick? Do you, do you meddle with it even at all? Or do you just play it straight, get Cody out there, give them that moment? Would I meddle with it? No, I wouldn't tease my ones. I'd give them it. Will WWE? Absolutely. Oh, here's something everyone wants and we can give it to them. Should we A, give it to them? Or should we B, torture them for five minutes before giving it to them? Of course they're going to. Here comes the money will hit. If Shane is in Dallas, here comes the money will hit and everyone will boo. And then Cody will come out and do something. They're going to make Cody. Cody's coming in his face. He has to. Even if he comes in as the American Nightmare, he'll come in face because it's just so exciting. I saw a take on Twitter again. Classic me, can't remember who, sorry. Being like, there's all this talk of they need to repackage him. And they're like, the best thing they can do in this this period is bring him exactly as AEW. That is a shot across the bowels of, we have plucked this man straight from your company and he is straight in ours like he was in yours. I, I, I like that a lot. I would have him straight as the American Nightmare. Do you think Brandy will be with him? I don't actually. I don't think Brandy will be with him because I'm not sure she was part of the presentation that much in WWE. Although if they will go the route you and, and other folks are suggesting, if you want that AEW Cody, whack her with it. it. She adds a lot to that presentation. She's a great visual presence. She's got charisma oozing out her pores. And I am completely with you because why have the Hardys turning up in AEW worked? How much did we spend talking about it was the Hardy's music from WWE or Punk coming out to cult a personality. You've got that product you know. And yes, WWE didn't build this version of Cody. This version is better than what they yeah. had. Go with it. Hit that wrestling has more than one royal family music. Have him come out. Why wouldn't you give the crowd that moment, particularly how smart this crowd is? Absolutely. Um is describing someone as a great visual presence, the most underwhelming way to say you think someone's attractive in the history of the English language. I feel like Holt in Brooklyn Nine-Nine, yeah. where he tries imagine to be straight. Imagine going, over, imagine going over in a bar. Excuse me, I'd like to buy you a drink. You have a great visual presence. I noticed your presence from the other side of the room. It was very visual. I think it's vis it, Visually, you're pleasing me. Okay. If I was, if I was single... 
that would be my next chat of line. But thank God for all the women out there, I'm not. It's like being seduced by computer code. That's sort of, <laughs> that sort of language. Um, she is a very. Like, see, even sounds insincere when I say she's a very beautiful woman because I sound like. Yeah. Stick with great visual presence. Stick with it. You go in there, go with it. She's a very beautiful woman, and she she probably should be paired up with him. I think that's that's the moment of the night. And what you do with that, I don't know. The other thing you've got to throw into the mix is is the speculation is. Austin Owens is happening at some point yes. on night one. So you got a lot of sizzle there. I mean you, I, I'd open I'd open with that straight away. You would would you potentially just open with the glass shattering and have Austin march the ring and be like, get out here now? Because you want a hot open, you want the crowd to go berserk. Nothing in wrestling ever has or ever will pop a crowd like Austin's music ever. I, I don't believe it. But then also when we know he's going to be fired up, we haven't seen him since that promo, have we? Austin's going to be hot. He's going to be fired up. Do you have him just come out and demand Owens comes out? And even even if Owens doesn't, even if they then push it back to later in the night, is there any way to get a crowd going like that? I, I'd be tempted to start with the glass shattering and just go from there and be like, right, we're off. Do you remember WrestleMania 35 when we started with Lesnar, Seth Rollins and no one had any idea we were doing it? Mm. And it was just because, remember, Heyman said, if we're not the main event, we're getting out of it. And I remember I remember sitting up, I was watching it live. I remember sitting up going, oh, wow, okay, we're starting with this. And it just got my attention straight away. I, I'd be tempted to do something like that. It's the expectations game as well. From all accounts, Austin is in great shape, mm. but it's still a long night, even though they've spread it over two nights. Do you want the crowd to, to come down, to, to have spent their energy by the main event and maybe have a pop that, that could have been bigger at the start? And look... It's a sort of WrestleMania where you can string it through the night, frankly. Have him come out. Have Kevin Owens say, on my terms, Austin. Have him in a skybox somewhere. Have Austin try and chase Owens through the night. I mean, you can do those sort of bells and whistles with this angle where it's not a match. No one really knows what we're getting. I will say this about the card, and we'll come on to night two in a bit. It has a bit of a whiff of the Saudis about it for me it doesn't necessarily feel like how a WrestleMania card should. Drew McIntyre versus Happy Corbin? Nah. New Day against Sheamus and Ridge Holland? Nah. Usos, Nakamura and Boogs? Not for me, necessarily. I mean, this is a WrestleMania, the grandest stage of them all. Those aren't Mania matches. You've got, on that on that first night, you've got three tag matches that I'm not really bought into like I understand the Mysterios versus Miz and Logan Paul sure. get your celebrity on that I get it that'll have 10 minutes Logan Paul will probably get the pin I'm fine I get that I understand I don't love it but it's good business I understand it okay where's Bad Bunny though because there's just there's there's your celebrity I actually think Logan Paul do a good job those Paul brothers seem to do whether I like them or not it's a different question they seem to do a good job at everything they do they're very impressive if we're being honest so I think yeah. they'll do a good job but there'll be no bad bunny. There's there's the, the benchmark for celebrities now. If you're not pulling out a Canadian destroyer, then what are you doing? Um, but I just think, no offence to Ridge Holland, I don't think he's mania ready. I don't think he's good enough at the moment to be on mania, and I hope he doesn't hear this because he'd batter me. Um, but I just think you've not got any um, storyline, really, in either of those tag matches. Okay, and this breaks my heart because I love Shinsuke Nakamura, but I'm, there's nothing to get invested in the moment with him. Nothing at all. What you've got there, though, is two of the best tag teams, not just of this generation, ever, if we're being honest. And two that just always, they can roll out a four and a half star match in their sleep. 
buy into the history, just lean into it and just roll out the Usos versus the New Day. Because I'm not, it's, it's a little bit lazy, but no one's bored of it. No. Like, would you watch another Usos? Would you watch the Usos and the New Day 15 minutes? Oh, I'd watch it every time. Every At time. Mania. Yeah, of course I would. They're one of the all-time, I genuinely believe, one of the all-time great tag team rivalries. They're, they're like, you know, um, that whole, we'll, we'll do this forever, where like two, two rivals are intertwined in their whole story. That is the Usos and the New Day for me. And I would have just rolled them out again here and been like, go on, lads, go, go, and, go and get the crowd hot for even 10 minutes, because you know they'll do it. I think this is one of the ones where history matters. And I wonder, had WWE not switched to a business model where we all pay monthly and we get what we get, cards on the table, if this was back in the old pay-per-view days where you had to order from Sky Box Office or wherever it was and you had to shell out nineteen ninety nine, twenty five quid, whatever it is, I'm not sold on throwing down 30-odd quid of my money on either of those nights. However, because I'm getting it anyway with the network, it's fine. And let's go on to night two, because I think there's some examples of this on night two as well. Queen Zelina and Carmella versus Sasha Banks and Naomi versus Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan versus Natalia and Shayna Baszler for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship. Won't lie, won't lie. Completely lost track what that match was. I thought it was just a straight one team one. I didn't realize we had a fatal four way there. Fatal four way match: Johnny Knoxville versus a uh, Sami Zayn, Pat McAfee versus Austin Theory, RK Bro versus Street Profits versus Alpha Academy for the Raw Tag Team Championship, Edge versus AJ Styles, Bobby Lashley versus Omos, and Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. Winner takes all. The only matches I would say that have had any semblance of steady WrestleMania-worthy build, Lesnar and Reigns, and probably RK-Bro, depending on what they do on the night, because they've been the best-built thing in WWE. That Raw Tag Team title match is going to absolutely bang, I think. I think that's going to be an absolutely brilliant match. You look at what they've done on Raw the last few weeks, I think those three teams are going to go out and just put on a really good match. And that could be... That could be... The the event of the night is obviously going to be the main event. And it's got a lot of hype to uh, to live up to, which is always tough. This is the end of a, well, really, the end of an eight-year story with Roman and Brock, if we're being honest, isn't it? So there's a, not eight, six, however many, seven, seven, 31, seven years, however long. It's been a while. So that's got a lot of pressure on it. And it's tough to live up to that. I think it'd be brilliant. Edge versus AJ Styles, they're billing as a dream match. And it is, but always tough to live up to that sort of expectation. It's kind of flying under the radar, this Raw Tag Team match, but the build has been brilliant. These teams have brilliant chemistry. They've proved that. They're six great wrestlers. I think that could steal the night, actually. I, I don't think it could. I think it will. I think you're right. And you know what I'm hearing a lot from a lot of people? Throw in a ladder. Make that yes. a ladder match, a triple yes. threat match. Now, look, it's not our bodies on the line, so what do we care? That's going to be a brutal enough match as it is. But, my God, just adding some ladders to that, make it a ladder match, and you've got... Re- WrestleMania deserves a ladder match. You know what I've just realised when you've run through the two nights? And this is sad. Neither the IC or US title is involved or the champions anywhere near the card. Yeah. I- I've got it written down here. No Finn, no Ricochet. Just not there. And that's sort of what I mean about given given that it is WrestleMania, some of the folks who are getting their WrestleMania moment versus some who aren't, little, not the way I'd have done it. Because it was exciting when Ricochet and Finn got both on the titles that week. I was like, here we go, it's a reset. And then we haven't really seen, well, Ricochet got pinned this week. Yeah. And we haven't seen Finn. How you can have Finn Balor and Ricochet on your card and not find something 
when they're champions, they've got belts. It's not like they're not doing anything. Yeah. I mean, look, here's a way you could have done it. Pat McAfee and Finn Balor versus uh, Austin Theory and a heel ricochet. Just just, just make, make that a tag. And suddenly you've got those guys who can do great things on your on your roster. Or, frankly, if you can't find an IC title match and a US title match on each of those nights, then I'm, I'm not sure. You know, I think they really should have made that happen. I'm worried for Omos and Bobby Lashley. Could be in a dark spot as well you know you look at yeah. where they're gonna put that that could fall between edge and the lesnar match as well that that you're gonna be looking at your think, running order quite a long time when you yeah, get there i think omos this early in his career still needs people who will bump and fly for him like imagine omos ricochet i'd buy into that more i don't think but i like bobby lashley i think he's good but he almost needs someone either someone who's more athletic and can move as well, like a Lesnar. Lashley and Lesnar have a great match. Omos, there's different sorts of big, isn't there? Omos is a giant, and giants aren't the quickest. And now I know he played basketball, I know he's athletic, and I, he's, I think he's going to be very good. But I don't think Lashley's the right opponent for him at this point in his first big singles match. Yeah. And that's no slight on Lashley. I think Lashley will do a brilliant job of guiding him through. I just don't think they're compatible. I don't think they match. I don't think they make for an interesting match, and especially, like you said, in the slot they're going to be in. Now, I hope I'm wrong for both of them, because I like Lashley, and this is a huge moment for Omos, because if you get this wrong, and it is awful, it doesn't. It, it, it's a taint on you for a while, isn't it? So I hope I'm wrong, but I, I'm not too hopeful for that match. So it's obviously going on late, late, late in the night UK time. We've got two nights of WrestleMania for the second year in a row. Gun to your head, forcing you to make a choice, which night, if you had to only stay up for one, would you make a point of staying up for? Night two. Really? Why is that? Yeah, I need to see Brock and Roman finish their story. Okay. I need I need to see that come to a conclusion. See, I'm night one. If that's, if that's okay. where Cody's coming and if that's where we're getting Austin, because I am still... The thing I wish is we'd seen a little bit more Stone Cold in this build. Yeah. Kevin Owens has been great, but how hyped were we about that 90-second Stone Cold Steve Austin responding to the challenge? And I wish we'd got a little bit more of that. And the fact we didn't makes me think maybe this all came together pretty last minute. And I sort of think... If WWE had got their ducks in a row, if they'd organised this further out, it does seem a little bit, oh, what could have been? Because what we've got of Austin is great. I just want more. Yeah, I completely agree. Completely agree. You know what I'm most excited for, though, the whole weekend? What's that? Taker's Hall of Fame speech. Yeah, let's talk about that. That's a Friday night Hall of Fame speech. Undertaker going in alongside Queen Charmel, Vader, the Steiner brothers, and Shad Gaspard winning the Warrior Award as well. Which, by the way, is more is brilliant. Just just a note for that that it couldn't be anyone else, and we don't need to get. In. Everyone knows what happened if you listen to this podcast. But they they're all worthy winners of the Warrior Award. But Shad Gaspard potentially the most worthy. Incredible what he did. So absolutely yeah, go very, and go and watch and it, it's not an easy watch. But WWE has put together a three and a half minute video package. Which whatever critiques we have of WWE and other aspects of their world, they are the best in the business at video package. And that one really pulls at the heartstrings. So take a going into the Hall of Fame, a Friday night induction. Vince McMahon doing the honors. That is good. let that go as long as you need. Well, do you think they've only put five into the Hall of Fame this year because they know the speech is going to be long? Genuinely. Because you, it's less than they if, usually do. If you were worried about timings for a Hall of Fame, you wouldn't put Scott Steiner 
into the well, Hall of Fame with a live mic. Are we going to mention that as well? We're giving Scott Steiner a live microphone. He's going to be great. He's going to be... Yes. Look, you, you start with Scott, you finish with Taker, you do the others however you do them. What more do you want for wrestling fans as entertainment? And I need Queen Charmel's fake British accent. I need that. Yeah. And I need I need King Booker to make an appearance <laughs> at some point as well. He's he's going to I like that it's um it's shorter. And I like I don't know what you felt. I felt they stretched at the bounds of credibility with the Hall of Fame at some point. Not for some of the mm. inductees, because it's not for me to say who is Hall of Fame worthy or not. But when you started inducting gimmicks when it was the nwo going in and dx going in for me it's the people or the tag teams who go in factions was just one step beyond yeah i, I understand what you mean that it's like when someone are like three-time hall of famers you're like well that doesn't really make sense but no this I, i'm looking forward to this i think the hall of fame speech is always so interesting and you just get it's a really interesting group of people in the room isn't it i love seeing all the wrestlers dressed up and they, they make it a big deal so it's really exciting, yeah. I just want to see what Taker says because I it's interesting. I always thought this would be the first time we got into break kayfabe and we saw him, but obviously we've had the last ride documentary, we've had loads of interviews, we've had lots. So it's gonna be interesting what he says. And will Vince McMahon cry? Oh, Vince Vince will do his Vince McMahon moist eyes throat swallow within about I'd be amazed if he wasn't starting before he yeah. started giving his speech. I would be yeah. amazed. And and look, it's nice to see that side of Vince McMahon. We saw it a bit on Pat McAfee's brilliant interview with him. It's good to see the man behind the character. Yeah, absolutely. It, it makes him feel more human, even though he's the least human-like human I've ever seen. But yes, I agree entirely. How, um, do, you, how do you um, feel, by the way, sorry to cut across you, about Undertaker going into the Hall of Fame? Because you are the biggest Undertaker fan there is, I would say. And, and this is sort of the final thing for him to do. It is a poignant moment. Yeah, it's it's massive, isn't it? It, it? I just feel really happy for him. Like, if he's happy with how it feels, like watching that Last Ride documentary actually almost breaks your heart, doesn't it? Because all he wanted was to finish on his terms the right way, and he chased it so hard for so long. And I doubt the Boneyard match was how he imagined finishing. But he's happy with it, so go. And it was brilliant. For what it was different, but it was brilliant. And you know what? If you're happy, go and enjoy retirement. Go and enjoy your wife. Go and enjoy your family, your daughter. Go and go because God, you've earned it. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm happy. I'm really interested in what he says and how it goes. And yeah, and I just hope we don't see him wrestle again now. Like, honestly, draw a line under it. Please don't come back. And that's mad that I'm saying that. But because if you come back and you're not happy with it, you'll have to find something else you're happy with. And that's never, never a good thing to do. If you love professional wrestling as much as we do, there are three simple things you can do right now to help our show. Firstly, rate and review us wherever you're listening today, including leaving a five-star review if you think we've earned it. Secondly, subscribe so you never miss an episode. And thirdly, tell other fans about it, in person or on your social media. Three simple things to help this program grow. We thank you for your support. And now, back to the show. Let's talk about some other big wrestling news that came out this week. It's amazing we're this far into the pod. Any other week we'd have led with the retirement from in-ring competition of Triple H, the game, ending his legendary career in an interview on ESPN, citing his heart condition as the reason he can no longer compete physically. It brings to an end a career where he won 14 World Championships, two Royal Rumbles, a King of the Ring, more classic feuds than you can shake a stick at. Um, 
we found out more in this interview about what happened to Hunter than we knew before, and it sounds like a really scary situation. Yeah, they certainly downplayed it, didn't they? Probably on yeah. purpose. I, I imagine probably at the request of Steph and Triple H, I think, wouldn't you, of he had a cardiac event. The man nearly died, is what happened. Let, let, let's be honest. So, first of all, thank God he didn't. Mm. Um, and you know what? It's always upsetting when an all-time great doesn't get to go out on their own terms. But thank God he's still here to go out in any way at all. Um, and... He said in there, he puts everything in perspective and the thought of getting the ring just is not worth it anymore. And actually, it's almost quite fitting that his last match was against Randy Orton. Yeah. Because of course it was. Of all people around now, of course it was. So Triple H is in my all-time top three. I love Triple H. I think he's probably the coolest wrestler ever. To have three nicknames and to be the game, the cerebral assassin and the king of kings. It doesn't get much better, does it? One of the best heels ever. He's funny when he was comedy. DX was brilliant. And I think actually his in-ring pedigree, pardon the pun, his in-ring technical prowess gets overlooked at times because there's so much character in him, but he's brilliant. And you look at the great feuds and the great matches and he just, he's uh, he's one of the all-time greats. When you have your Mount Rushmore conversation, he's in the conversation always. And then he gave us NXT. Yeah. And then he gave us NXT. So I just think he's brilliant triple h i love him and if i can pull off bald bald and a beard as well as he has for the last 10 years for the rest of my life i'll be a very very happy man i think he i think he's had to people will take issue with this i don't care it's our podcast because of his relationship with stephanie i think he's had to work so hard to overcome some of the criticism that has come his way and have there been questionable booking decisions sure are we behind the scenes? No, we're not. We don't know everything. But you look at... Right, let's just pick a feud. He was, at one point, absolutely the top dog with Stone Cold Steve Austin. In in, in the hottest era of the Attitude Era, there is Austin and Triple H. Triple H was a measuring stick as a heel. Foley at Madison Square Garden. Shawn Michaels' comeback match at, at, at SummerSlam 2002, one of my favourites ever. Shawn was great. But he couldn't have been that HBK without that Triple H. That's the thing. There's so many great feuds that he's the other guy in. And, like, Taker. And everyone talks about Taker with Triple H. Well, Triple H is in that too. Like you say, Michaels, uh, The Rock. He had great feuds with The Rock. Austin. There's so many It's like, oh, that guy, when he feuded with Triple H. Well, there's a reason they're great. And Triple H is always in the conversation there. Even um, he made Seth Rollins coming out the shield. Triple H made Seth Rollins, if we're being honest, the authorities. But for all the issues with the authority, and oh my God, there were so many. It made Seth Rollins, and that was Triple H. He made Kevin Owens when he handed in the title in that fatal four-way. There's just so much. He's He's got that sort of godfather-like era about him that Regal does, doesn't he? They're very sad. And like you say, if you're going to marry the boss's daughter, you've got to be so good to get away with anything because if you get away with it, it's not, someone doesn't go nepotism. You've got to be 10% better than anyone else in that, in that role. So he's, yeah, he's brilliant. I've got all the time in the world, Triple H. Um, really interested to see what he does next, whether he goes into behind the scenes, WWE, because everyone thought he's the heir to the, heir to the throne, WWE, especially what he was doing with NXT. And oh, wow, how much will Sean cry inducting him into the Hall of Fame in the next few years? He, he's got to be an inductee next year, has, hasn't he? Yeah. I mean, if he's done from in-ring competition, he, he's got to be the guy they put in as a headliner. How about, how about the fact that Vince is going to induct The Undertaker, but probably won't induct his own son-in-law? <laughs> I'm, I'm, do you know what? Don't you just want to sometimes 
be at that house for Thanksgiving. Just oh. the family dynamics at a McMahon Thanksgiving and McMahon Christmas, because you know that they will not be having friendly games of Uno around the table. It will be carnage. Yeah, it's just amazing, amazing. One thing that in the grand scheme of things doesn't matter, because all that matters is Triple H is healthy, around for his kids, and, and living a great life. It is a shame that as Cody Rhodes comes in, yes. Triple H exits, and you've spoken before about Undertaker Sting being the great white whale of what we could have had. Oh, what we could have had with Cody and Triple H. Yeah, that that is the feud that I would have gone with if you had a fit Triple H. And what a way it would have been for him to finish is that finish of Cody going over him. But yeah, it, it does not matter. And it's not something we'll ever be disappointed we didn't get just a little sad like oh no but it's the right call completely isn't it i now if he's up for some promos give me those promos uh but don't go near if i see triple h near a ring game getting physical again i will ring him and say stop being silly yeah and he fears that he fears the yes. call of beckett yes which by the way the call of beckett amazing name for a finishing move i'm just putting um, that out there now yeah interesting interesting yes now everything else sort of pales into comparison in wrestlemania not just weekend because it's a week now but aw put on a very solid episode of dynamite this week we got some storyline developments and the aw debut of one tony storm showing up as part of the owen hart foundation cup qualifying matches too talented for her not to be signed by a major promotion. Lovely to see her in AEW. Brilliant. Um, if I was her, I'm not sure I would have wanted to debut in Mania Week, though. Mm. I kind of get lost. I would have gone, do it next week, lads. Come on. Uh, but no, great to see her back wrestling. She's 26, 25. Ooh, that's my age, and she's far more successful than me. Um, don't I can no, tell you, don't pick at that scar, Charlie, because when yes, you get yeah, to yeah. 33, it doesn't get any easier. Yeah. So great, great to see her. I thought it was a good dynamite. I watched it this morning. Thought it was a good dynamite. Um, I texted you last night because I saw uh, the promo for uh, the Undisputed Elite, as they call themselves now. Undisputed, of course. Brilliant from them. And then he, he said they're backing in a new era. I was like, ah, oh, see what you're doing there, Adam. Um, and I saw them have all the title belts. And I was like, Jack, have I completely missed something here, like in the mad world? And I just don't. It's one of my favorite things, but I do not understand wrestlers stealing each other's title belts and you you made a great analogy give the analogy you gave to me last night on um text it's well, so well, true i i said it would be as if harry kane just snuck into the trophy room at anfield and took the premier league trophy and said that's ours now boys we we've got that we've got this trophy come and get it if if you want tottenham 2020 premiership winners that's what the trophy says it's like yeah. that's no, it's not how it works it, but i tell you what i did enjoy i enjoyed the seller taped on names on the belts massively it felt to me like this is the undisputed era in AEW we should have been getting. And I don't know if this is an AEW thing where they bring in a big star and it seems like they always take about six weeks to two months to get their feet under them. It's a very strange thing where they sort of tread water a little bit and then AEW goes, oh, this is what we should be. Of course, these three guys should be together all along, not feuding with the Bucks doing their own thing in the title picture. How good was it to see Kyle O'Reilly strumming a, an air guitar belt again going to the ring? It yeah. looked right. It's what we should have had all along. Wasn't sure about Kyle O'Reilly pretending he was too drunk to be able to talk, though. That was weird. I wouldn't have done that. Why is he sat on the floor with his head between his legs? This is where I think the creative freedom that makes AEW an exciting product can always come back and bite them in the backside just a little bit. Someone should have, when they ran that promo by them, said, Kyle, cute idea, nice idea, 
No one's going to know what you're doing. And as I was watching that promo, I was thinking, this, th- look, this hasn't come off. And it's good to take risks, but it's very strange. I didn't didn't know what to think of it. Very odd. That was very odd. And um, what else I enjoyed from Dynamite? CM Punk wants a title. Yes. That's good. Here's your question. What do you want? Do you want Punk versus Hangman or do you want Punk versus Cole? I want Punk versus Hangman. I want mm, Punk versus... I want Punk versus Cole. I knew you'd want Punk versus Cole. Yeah, of course Cole, I though. did. Of what... course I did. So, but it, what's good is they've brought him in and they've they've sort of built him up and built him up. So it doesn't feel like he's getting it just because he's CM Punk and he's he's got that legacy. It feels like he's he's earned it, which sounds odd for a surefire Hall of Famer to have to earn it. But it doesn't feel inorganic. It feels natural and it's exciting because Punk Cole, Punk Page, whatever you do, dream matches. Absolutely, absolutely. And talking of Adam Page, I thought he looked brilliant the way he laid out all of Red Dragon. Yes. All three of them just laid them out. That was brilliant. Sorry, Undisputed Elite, whatever they're called. Um, that was brilliant. Um, oh, I like that Wheeler Utah. Yes. He's good. He's good. And oh, Danielson and Moxley are just savages. I love them. I'm so in on the Blackpool Combat Club. I think it's one, it's, do you know what? I was, I was speaking to one of my best mates who who watches Dynamite. It's, it's one of the things he enjoys. And he was saying, Blackpool Combat Club is one of the stupidest names he's ever heard. And I'll fight I, him. I'll fight him right now. I, I said, look, it's a big wide world. We're all entitled to our opinions. No one is right. No one is wrong. But you yours are, is wrong. You are the first person I have heard say Blackpool Combat Club is, is a daft name. And did you see the hoodie that John Moxley came out in? No, I missed it. Have they got some stash? They've got some merch. They've got some Ooh, merch. Oh, I'll go and find that in a bit. The Pops, the Hardys, are getting in AEW. I mean, Tony Khan must not be able to believe his luck that he's got the Hardys with that music. We saw at the end of Dynamite again, Darby Allen losing to Andrade El Idolo. I mean, he is just Teflon. Darby can lose that match every day and yeah. be absolutely fine. The pop at the end when the Hardys came out to that music. Jeff Massive. Hardy, it's just... What a sign-in. What an addition yeah. to the roster. Huge, huge. And it's the music makes it. Genuinely hilarious, but the music makes it. Um... Really good to see Andrade in the main event. Mm. Another one who's flying under the radar a little bit, isn't he? Um, so great to see him in the main event. Uh, I'm a massive Andrade fan. One of my favourite matches ever is him, Gargano, from TakeOver yes. Philadelphia. Um, I've had a mind blank. What's Rusev's name nowadays? Uh, Miro. Miro. Where's he? Miro is away filming a television show, I think. I right. think he's That's away that doing then. that. So he's away doing that. But two of your favourites... Uh, well, certainly one of your favourites. You love nothing better than big boys getting in the ring and having a having a all get out match. Well, on Rampage, Powerhouse Hobbs versus Keith Lee coming up on Friday. As folks listen to yes, this, it'll be just please. a matter of hours away. Yes, that's, that's, please. If you're in the area of Rampage and and you feel the Richter scale, it's gonna it's gonna be brutal. Just smashing into each other. <laughs> yeah, all for that. Um, I was about to say Keith Lee, he's not. He's not treading water, but I need him to kick on now. Come on, Keith. Kick on, Keith. Um, I want him to have a really good match with Hobbs, and then I want him to do something with Keith because he's just not done quite as much as you might have hoped, has he? It's just Um, just too stacked, that roster. I mean, it is just too stacked. And maybe one of the things that that will ease that a little bit is AEW's acquisition of Ring of Honor. We know Supercard of Honor, again, on Friday night, you've got more wrestling 
and you can shake a stick at. I mean, we're going to get FTR versus the Briscoes. We're going to mm. be getting, and it wouldn't surprise me if we saw a little bit of AEW crossover there with some big names showing up. It wouldn't surprise me if to get a bit of buzz, because AEW would like to get a little bit of buzz in WrestleMania week. They're not going to be forgotten. But to get a bit of buzz, well, it wouldn't surprise me if CM Punk or Brian Danielson showed up in Ring of Honor. Frankly, Charlie, it wouldn't surprise me if Samoa Joe showed up in Ring of Honor. Just about to say that. Let's bring the Ring of Honor men back. I could see Joe turning up because everyone forgets Joe's still out there in the wilderness somewhere. The hilarious thing with AEW is they've got this roster and they've still got one Kenny Omega lurking in the background somewhere ready to come back when he, whenever he wants to. One of the biggest names in all of wrestling, just to come back, as you do. It, it, what they've done, though, is there was so much discussion when I was growing up about whether wrestling needs an off-season because it is a brutal industry. You're the professional athlete. You have an off-season where, sure, you train, but you're not on the road. You're not having matches each and every weekend. And people always said wrestling needs an off-season. In a way, with the roster as stacked as AEW has... They're creating their own informal off-season. You can be Omega, go away, recover, take some time back. Punk can have some time away after a dog collar match. You can have Keith Lee, not really, but... And they can they can give you that time. And as much as it frustrates us to go, oh, they're not doing something with these guys, actually, maybe the way to look at it is these guys are actually just getting some time to let their bodies recover from something hugely physical. Yeah, it's really it's a really good point. It's very true, and they need that time to recover. And if it means they're not injured, and it, we get another two or three years of them at the back end of their career, then it makes sense, doesn't it? And I'm all for it. As much as it frustrates us in the moment, I've got two more things I want to chat you about wrestling this week. Yes, uh, because also to our listeners, Jack puts together a running order for us, and I just come and just talk about ridiculous things that aren't on the running order and just throw our show completely off the rails. He's so shooting two things, boys and girls. He's shooting two things. Um, first of all is did you see the comments that apparently Tony Khan and MJF got into it because of what he said to, I could get this name wrong, Ariel Hawani. Sorry, Mr. Hawani. Oh, you're right, Ariel Hawani. Um, did you see that apparently they got into it? Did you see the interview and what he said? And they apparently had a heated discussion. I did see that. And I'm surprised they had a heated discussion. If you haven't seen it, essentially, MJF goes out and goes, I'll sign where the money is. If it's WWE, great. Here's where my contract's up. Come and get me, boys. I'll I'll consider all offers. And what surprised me about that is MJF's been doing that for ages. So part of me wonders whether that was a legit backstage conversation. Tony was caught on a bad day, that there that it was Ariel Hawani's platform and the prominence. But it didn't strike me as anything different to what he said before. So I was surprised they had a bit of a allegedly altercation. Well, the only thing that maybe is a little bit different is it seemed like he spoke about in more depth, more uh, detail, exactly when his contract's up. And Hawani said, didn't he? He said, is there any number that could keep you from becoming a free agent? And he basically said, no. He basically said, unless it's in the tens of millions, no, there isn't. And he's going to become the, the subject of a bidding war, essentially. And I think what would annoy me if I was Tony Khan is... I get, I completely understand, because I'm, I'm in the industry, you've got to look after your number one self in professional sports. And I probably learned that a little bit late. Uh, I've signed probably places for less than maybe I would have because of loyalty and that. And actually, clubs show no loyalty back at times. So there's there's me shooting from the hip. So that, that's just so... But he's very much the start of his career, Slim Jeff, as brilliant as he is. And AEW made him. 
Like as much as he doesn't want to admit it, like this company has made him. They have put their, they've backed him. They've given him the platform and he's gone and become a global star because of it. Is there a, where's the two-way loyalty there? Like you'd like there to be a little bit of loyalty. Now I get it if he's looking after himself, but it's a quick fire way to make no friends. Yeah. Um, and we all need friends at times. So it's interesting. I, I can see why you'd be a little bit peeved. I can see why he'd be peeved. And not just because I find MJF visually attractive, but I'm going to... Pleasing. Pleasing. Visually pleasing. Visually pleasing. Get your own catchphrase right, man. I'll get it written down. Visually pleasing. The thing is, yes, they gave him the opportunities. He's run with everyone. Yes. Yeah, he yeah. has run with everyone. I Look, he, brutally, he's got them over a barrel. If you are yep. Tony Khan, you're going down that roster and you're going, who is the one guy or one gal we need to hold on to? MJF, Britt Baker. Probably those are your two that you need to hold on. I mean, they've lost Cody and they're doing better yep. numbers than they were, not because the two are related. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's been no knock. If you lose MJF as AEW, that's a huge loss. That's the biggest loss you can have. So... No, he shouldn't be doing it. Yes, that's who he is as a character or not. He's got them over a barrel. I thought it was a fascinating watch with Ariel Helwani because he was... MJF never breaks character. Never. That was as close as I can see us getting a look at the real MJF. I thought it was fascinating. Really fascinating. Gun to your head. Yep. Where is his next contract? AEW. I'm going to say WWE. Do you think so? I think Vince will blow his budget on him. I think. I think that's that's such a win for Vince. I think he think I think he needs it. I think Vince needs that win. I look. You don't know MJF's background. You don't know how much he wants to main event WrestleMania. You don't know how much he sees AEW as a stepping stone. I I would stay with AEW, but I could see him jumping. I could and. God, isn't it exciting to have wrestling yeah. at the moment that yeah. we could see MJF yeah. jump? That was one thing. Go on, what else did you want to throw into the run in order? So one's a quick quick one. It's an NXT thing. Yep. Just lovely minute and a half sit-down promo from Tommaso Ciampa yes. this week. What NXT's meant to him. This is clearly the end of the road from NXT. I don't know what happens next. I imagine he comes up to the main roster, uh, which is brilliant because he's so good. Uh, but I didn't realise that he and his wife had been through five miscarriages before they had their daughter, which right. is heartbreaking. Uh, and he said, the little miracle is my daughter. And just the difference, you could see it was only 90 seconds, but how much the six years he's been in NXT has meant to him both professionally and personally. And I just hope he gets the send-off he deserves this weekend. The whole stand deliver is really flying under the radar because of everything going on and because NXT takeovers aren't what they were and there's so much wrestling this week. But all I care about from that show is that Tommaso Ciampa gets his moment. And it wouldn't surprise me at all if Johnny Gargano was there. Because if you heard him with uh, Rene Paquette on her podcast this week, which dropped, I think, only a couple of days back, he was saying that he was ready to leave NXT about a year before he actually exited. Before the NXT 2.0 changes, he was ready to go. He went out on good terms. Wrestling being so bonkers as it is at the moment, I really do think you could see Johnny Gargano turn up as a free agent to give him the send-off. And wouldn't that be a lovely DIY moment, whatever comes next for them both? Absolutely, absolutely. But they were my two things I just wanted to chat about in this mad week of wrestling. Let's send something from everyday life back to developmental. Let's give something the push. <laughs> I, I'm going to go first this week because I know we want to talk about it. Uh, back to developmental for me. 
unprovoked acts of violence on comedians. Don't do it. Don't slap people no matter what they say about you. It's not big. It's not clever. Use your words and not violence. Yeah, we had a long conversation about that, actually, because Jack and I do talk about things that aren't wrestling amazingly. <laughs> um, really simple one for me, this. Doesn't really matter what someone says the joke. You can't be violent. You cannot. And if you're going to be, don't do it in a world stage. Like There were so many ways Will Smith could have shown his anger and annoyance at what Chris Rock said. Now, first of all, is what Chris Rock said okay? No. Have and you, you'll touch this more. Have the Oscars been making jokes and Golden Globes and all that that aren't okay for years? Yes. Do some of us find it funny and some of us don't? Yeah, there's a line. We all have a line in the sand somewhere. Some of us think they overstep them, some don't. Okay, Ricky Gervais's 10 minute monologue at the Golden Globes, I think it was 2020, was so over the line, but no one went up and slapped him. And more dangerously, and by the way, I thought Gervais's speech was hilarious. That I found that funny. I didn't find Chris Rock's joke funny. We all have different tastes in humor. But it sets a present. I've been to comedy clubs where I'm sat a metre away from the stage and people see me and take the mic because I stick out a little bit and you laugh it off even if you don't find it funny. But as Will Smith now set a precedent for any average Joe out there to get up and slap a comedian when they think it's they've made a joke that isn't funny because Will Smith did, all he had to say was he could have shouted what he shouted without getting him slapping him, could have just stared him down, he could have said, I'll see you outside afterwards. He could have just left it and done it after the show. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, absolutely no time for that from Will Smith. In, in a completely different scenario, go and listen to Patrick Keelty talk about comedy. Because if you don't know Patrick Keelty's story, his father was killed in Northern Ireland in the Troubles. And Patrick Keelty started doing comedy and putting that into a routine. And he tells this great anecdote about how there were folks from the paramilitary organisations in the crowd as he was telling jokes and they were able not to slap him shoot him kill him they had a quiet word outside that he may like to adjust his act and he said if you want to make me a martyr kill me for telling these jokes that that's the best way to do it so violence never warranted chris rock whatever you think of the joke Oh my goodness, how lucky was Will Smith that Chris Rock took that slap, stayed standing and made a joke out of it. Because I guarantee had Chris Rock hit the floor, as I would have done if someone had come slap me across the face, we would be having a very different conversation. Or if Chris Rock had decided to beat him up after and they'd had an out and out fight. Because like, what does Will Smith think? What does Will Smith think is going to happen? You stand up and slap a man in the face... Not many men are going to be professional enough to not punch you back. If that's me, I'm going to kill him. Simple as. Like, if that's all, you, it doesn't happen. All, all, but all semblance of rational thinking is gone as soon as someone hits me in the face. Do you know what I mean? So fair play to Chris Rock, whether you think the joke was right or not, and I didn't, but you've got to be able to laugh at things. You've got to be able to laugh at things. I have a saying in my life, we'll laugh or we'll cry. I make some pretty dark jokes to my close mates. We'll laugh or we'll cry. Uh, one of my close friends uh, got diagnosed with cancer. Within two seconds, I was making jokes about how funny he looked bald. Laugh or you cry. Um, problem is, I don't know how close Chris and Will Smith are, but you've got to be better than that, Will Smith. You've got to be. Um, and the only other thing is, there was like, oh, take his Oscar away from him. Well, there's a lot of people we'd have to take Oscars away from, then, isn't there? I, and look, he's apologised for balance. He said he shouldn't have done it. We are where we are. It's but just don't go slapping people who say things you don't like. Words are more powerful. And Lord knows, in my life, I've had people I don't know say some pretty terrible things about me. And I know I've not gone and slap people in the face. So that is back to developmental for me. Earning the push. 
Bridgerton. Hurrah! It's back on Netflix. But the sexy fella's not on it anymore, is he? Well, there are still some sexy fellas in it. They do seem to have got rid of all the sex and just made it lots of horse-based flirting. They're just <laughs> riding horses, flirting. Now, I find Bridgerton... Do you ever have a programme that is so... It's a bit like Mamma Mia, right? It's not to your taste. It's laugh-out-loud funny in some points about how clunky it can be, and yet you really enjoy it nonetheless. That's where I am with Bridgerton. I, I know what you mean, yeah. I can't say I've watched Bridgerton. Um, my better half is very excited that Bridgerton's back, but she's very disappointed that, as she put it, the sexy fella's not on it anymore. Um, I, mean, I didn't put it that way. You put it that no, way. No, I said my better half, not you, you muppet. Oh, right, okay. God, you've got one one mention of Bridgerton. Your mind's gone to mush. Um but yeah, it's very popular, isn't it? It's not for me, but I'm excited that you're excited, it's, it's Jack. No, it's not. It, honestly, I, I'm not. I wasn't, oh, Bridgerton's back. I can't wait. My boyfriend's watching it. He said, let's put it on. He's quite into it. I'm sitting there going, this is as clunky as it gets. It's like sex in the Edwardian city. It's, they're 90% Edwardian, and then they throw in normal language. It's, it's bonkers, but it is a rollicking good... I mean, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert... One of them gets killed by a bee sting, and you have never seen histrionics like this because one gets killed by a bee sting, and then a similar bee reappears a bit later, and there's the worry it's going to kill another like it's on a spree. So if you need some escapism, whack Bridgerton on. Sex in the City in Edwardian frocks, it's all right. Uh, right, it's not Bridgerton for you. What are you sending to developmental? What's earning the push? Earn the push is, and I've been into this for weeks that other things come up, is Wordle. I really like Wordle. Right. Um, I don't share it on Twitter because I, do, I tweet enough stuff. People don't need to know how I'm doing on Wordle. But I really like Wordle. Um, it's a good bit of fun. Um, I do it over my morning coffee. It keeps my brain ticking over a little bit. Uh, it's good fun. And we actually get quite competitive in our house of who yeah. can do it quickest. And including with my uh, girlfriend's parents, we have a group chat, and now all in it is how long it's taken us to do Wordle, how many goes. Uh, so Wordle is earning the push for me. Uh, back to developmental is Wordle. Oh, it's infuriating though uh, when you can't work it out. Yeah. Oh, I'll look at it. I'll be like, well, the other, well, the other day, other day, I can say this now. The word was nymph. In my first two words, I used all the vowels, and there was there was no vowels in it. And I was like, well, I had a strop for four hours. I was like, well, it's not a word. I was like, Wordle's got it wrong. It's not, no vowels. And then my girlfriend got it. So then I was really angry. Because so I was like, how? And I worked it out later, eventually. Uh, I, like, I think it was like 10 to 12 at the stroke of midnight. I just got it in. <laughs> got it, got it. So uh, it's infuriating. And um, the other week when it was shave, I didn't get it. Because with I'd worked out it was S H A space E, yep. and I went share shake shame. That really angered me because like I've done the work here. I just there's too many words for it to possibly be. So that infuriates me as well. But yeah, no, um, Wordle. I get quite angry about it if I don't get it quite right or don't get it quick enough. Share shake shame is very much the coming out process, but in slightly different. <laughs> Jesus, Jack. Slightly different terms. Um, I don't play Wordle. <laughs> I know people who do. Um, here's a question for you. What is the longest word in the English language in everyday use with no vowels in? Jesus, this is... This is this has gone never, Susie Dent, hasn't it? This is something we've never done this podcast before. We're being informative and <laughs> educational. I don't know, Jack. What is it? Rhythms, my friend. Rhythms. R-H-Y-T-H-M-S. Seven letters. Rhythms. Wow. 
Well, it wouldn't help for Wordle because it's five-letter words, but thank you. Well, you're very welcome. That'll win you a pub quiz one day. Okay, Wordle. Yeah, And you know what? Okay, I'm going to throw in a word for the Wordle fans. Don't be one of those people going, oh, I'm seeing so much of it on Twitter. It's so boring. Don't tweet. If you don't like people tweeting about Wordle, mute them. Scroll on. You can move past it. Also, grow up. Who cares? It's my favourite story. My favourite thing. Um, have you seen... To talk about comedy, Ricky Gervais's um, stand-up segment about Twitter. No. Have you seen this? No. So I'm going to send it to you later. But the the grand scheme of things, so I listen to have. If you haven't, go and watch it. He says it's so weird on Twitter when people have a go at me. He's like, I've got over 10 million followers. He's like, and I'll tweet something about dogs, and someone will reply being like, Oh, I hate dog like dogs. He's like, He's like, this is what it's like. It's like going to a village hall, seeing a sign on the notice board saying "Ring for trumpet lessons," ringing the number, and going. This guy for trumpet lessons. I don't want trumpet lessons. I'm putting them down. It's like, if it's not for you, scroll past. It takes two seconds. I have it in my job, and I've said this on air, so I can say it here as well. It's a bit of, when there are changes, presenters change, or people don't like it. But you get the ones who will message every week saying, oh, we don't like this change. And I think it's like having a restaurant where the chef changes, and you just go in and go, still Italian, are you? I preferred it when it was Japanese. And then leaving every week is what it's like. So yeah, don't, life's too short. The sun is shining. Enjoy yourself. Get off your social media. Anyway, look, we set the world to rights. Uh, WrestleMania weekend. Are you going to stay up? Are you going to be able to? So I've got quite a busy weekend. I'm down to Cornwall to place the Pirates. Yes. Um. So depending on what time I'm back Saturday night. So normally I get back later Saturday night, I would stay up, but I'm coaching on Sunday and I've got to drive to Southampton Way on Sunday for my coaching. So I probably won't stay up for Saturday. I'm going to struggle to watch night one on Sunday because I'm busy all day. So I don't know. And then I think I will try and stay up Sunday night. Um, but I'm not sure yet. I'm not sure. I'm not I'm not going to be able to stay up. So I'm going I'm to be avoiding spoilers. So if you're messaging either myself and Charlie about WrestleMania Wax spoiler alert at the start. It's good wrestling etiquette. Before we go, final question. Who walks out of the winner-takes-all match as the undisputed universal WWE champion? Is it Brock Lesnar? Is it Roman Reigns? Roman. Okay. I think you're right, but to keep things interesting, I will go for Brock Lesnar. Look... Whatever you're up to, enjoy your wrestling weekend. It is the best time of the year for wrestling fans. Uh, We will see you next week to analyze everything that goes down at WrestleMania. Remember, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you're listening today. He's Charlie underscore Beckett on Twitter. I'm Jack underscore Murley. Until next week here on Earning the Push, enjoy your wrestling weekend and enjoy WrestleMania.